DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bullerjack joins us now, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, longtime college football broadcaster. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, what up? Nope. Well, we always talk on this show about how the older you get, the more you don't root for teams, you root for people. And you know people and their stories and their backgrounds. Whenever anything happens, you kind of look through it through that lens. And so as I'm hearing all this Big 12 talk, right, and it seems logical what needs to happen, and you hear behind the scenes it's happening, and then you hear publicly it's happening, it's like, oh, hurry up and get there. And I was thinking of you in this whole Big 12 story. (laughs) Because I'm thinking, Bowler never thought he could drive down to Provo and see Kansas State play a conference game. But it looks like it's about to happen. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Guys I talked to back in Kansas City, uh, they just think it's a matter of hours or so before, you know, before it's all, you know, said and done. But no, I never thought I could go to Provo, Utah to see Kansas State one day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, that is, is that full circle or is that half a circle? I'm not sure what to say about that. But amazing. I mean, it, it really is. Um, I thought all of it was for BYU. You know, we've talked to, we've talked about this conference thing, you know, for years. Pac-12. What do you think? Uh, moving uh, east, you know, going west, staying independent. Uh, what would be the best scenario? But boy, in the world of college football, it's ever changing, and nothing surprises me anymore. To, and to see Oklahoma and Texas uh, leave. Uh, you know, the Big 12 to go to the massive SEC conference now, which will be, you know, the mega of mega uh, conferences in college football. Uh, you know, there's, there's spots that open. And I think BYU's uh, one of the gems in college football. Um, and why not? So I'm excited to see it happen. We've seen, obviously, in the West, BYU have a footprint in, Nash, uh, in the Western part of the country very very strong part of it is because of the church obviously a significant part of it is because of the church affiliation but i think too you go back and there's been guys like that 96 team that was really good had some dbs out of california and i think it's because they knew of byu sarkeesian you know you knew of byu if you're in the west i grew up uh, after i got into high school in arizona and california and i was aware of who the byu quarterback was virtually at all times so you were you had a in the west you had a significant awareness of BYU football now as it looks that they're going to head east this is your part of the country not DJ and my we don't have a lot of experience in this part of the country do you think BYU football could have the same type of impact in the in these newer areas that they're going to venture into that they had to where they can pick off some players just because of the BYU rep now that yeah. we had in the West that they could also have in your part of the country where you came yeah. from? You know, absolutely. Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, remember Nauvoo, Illinois, right, is where it all yeah. began, and that's where the Trek West occurred. So that's not, you know, far from the Kansas City area. And uh, there is a Mormon community uh, in Kansas City. Uh, I grew up across the street from a, a, an LDS family 
was kind of unknown at that time for me, you know, what that was, what truly that was about. But yeah, to your point about recruiting, I think it opens up a, a different recruiting path that I don't think anyone ever thought of, uh, to be honest with you, PK. Um, I think the BYU name, because of the names of, 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 of Steve Young, uh, Lavelle Edwards, uh, you know, even the Robbie Boscos didn't play long in the National Football League, but still, you know, the, the 84 championship has been a long, long time ago, but still that resonates, in my opinion, you know, around the college football world because of the way they play or the way they played, you know, the, the quarterback factory. But now that's kind of coming back around with Zach Wilson in the National Football League, the number two pick. Look, those things always rekindle thoughts and what BYU was and who they may be again. Um, I think I, I I think it's a win-win for the conference and also for BYU. Fresh start, uh, a new way of recruiting, uh, new players they've maybe never been able to reach. And if it does if it does happen, PK, um, I think it revitalizes both both the conference and the BYU program. It's funny you mentioned Zach in the NFL. Remember when you guys at KSL had to lobby? Ty Detmer had been in the league a long time, but he was yeah. starting for the Sixers, and you had to lobby Sixers. Or Sixers for the Eagles, and you guys had to lobby to get him on, and the game did like a 17 rating, which is yeah. like a big playoff game, almost a, not quite a conference title rating. And everyone's blown away, and all of a sudden we're getting Eagle games every week. Well, Zach Wilson is on TV week one on CBS in Utah, but he's not week two, and I've thought of that. I wondered wondered if BYU fans are going to tune in. (laughs) He's going to get a 17 rating, and all of a sudden we're going to get a notice. Oh, last-minute switch for week two. (laughs) Yeah, it's strange. You see the New York market all of a sudden. What's this thing in Utah? What's the trickle-down effect in a Salt Lake City? But, yeah, you know, the power of the fans who want to see a player, it can happen. I don't know if uh, – should we call Jim Nance and get him on live and say, man, turn us – you know what's funny is everyone said, just turn the switch, you know, in New York. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it doesn't quite happen that way. <laughs> but, you know, people would be upset. Like, just call him. Just call him and turn the switch over to to, to watch Ty Detmer play. But uh, those were good old days. And Zach's going to probably, again, success, depending on how he does in New York. It's a huge stage. Uh, will only bring you know more notoriety to, to, to BYU. Honestly, uh, you know that's what Ty did. That's what Steve Young did. Uh, you know, it's it's gosh, it was one after another. And Ty Debmer, you know, went in the Heisman. I'll never forget that day in Hawaii when he heard it first because of the of the delay, um, and really again put BYU on the map with Ty Debmer. I think Mark Pope's going to have a field day because I think this has the tremendous uh, opportunity to be a really good basketball league because it already is. I mean, you get defending uh, titleists uh, in Baylor, uh, and Kansas speaks for itself. K-State yeah, has yeah. had its moments. Uh, Texas Tech was in a Final Four. Oklahoma State usually is solid. Yeah, they're always solid. Uh, Don't so, forget, Kansas State has always kind of been floating around, PK. Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah. dominant, but, you know, again, it goes back to remember – Again, this dates me, but Rolando Blackman was on the front page of Sports Illustrated years ago, had a great career in Dallas, and uh, it was always kind of, again, that it was the throwaways from the University of Kansas who would come to K-State, but it was always so competitive. Um, and Alan Darnell Field, Valentine? Yeah, Darnell Valentine. <laughs> you know, Paul Mulkeski. 
I mean, all these names that go way back. But uh, I'd say the Allen Fieldhouse, if you haven't been there, is still iconic. It's just a, it's a great place to watch basketball, as was Ahern Fieldhouse in Manhattan before uh, they decided to go big time and build Bramlage Coliseum. But, yeah, there's some great basketball in the Big 12. And, of course, Kansas is the, uh, the foundation point of it all. But, yeah, if you see BYU jump in and they decide to bring – basketball with them which i'm guessing they should and would uh then you've really got you know some i think the fans just the fans really are the ones pk that will uh benefit they'll eat it up yeah because what happens again is what we've always talked about can you can you lose a game and still have a shot at a conference championship absolutely yep and that's i think that's what's really the the best scenario and if espn obviously is going to come along uh, K-State's not going to mind being on ESPN and Laurel Edwards Stadium, by the way, on a, on a Thursday or Saturday night at 8.15 uh, Mountain Time. It may be a little, you know, it's Midwest is only an hour ahead. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of good scenarios here if it all works out. Okay, but so, Bowler, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. Because you've worked for uh, multiple networks, you did, uh, after KSL, you did, the ES- you did a bunch of ESPN games, actually, while you were at KSL. You did stuff. You jumped to CBS. You've done stuff for Fox. I think there's way more rivalry between the networks than people let on. And CBS and Fox are about to get cut into the postseason as it expands. The Pac-12 commissioner made it clear they're going to use an NFL-type model. I'm thinking CBS, which has been doing one SEC game, is going to be doing more. And whether it's Big 12, Pac-12, or Big 10, they can't get the ACC and SEC. Those are locked up. So I'm thinking CBS and Fox are going to embrace these other three leagues big time. What do you know? You giggled when I said rivalry between the networks. I heard you giggling. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was always huge. Uh, I remember well when we would start getting our schedules at CBS, and it was like, uh, you know, they would allow, they would tell us, look, uh, you know, tomorrow at noon uh, is going to be almost like a lottery where, you know, the network who has the contract with the, well, the main contract with the SEC would get their first pick. And then it, the trickle down effect would happen after that. ESPN would jump in and take one game. And then, you know, uh, then, then CBS would come back and they would take, uh, you know, the Auburn Alabama game that year, uh, depending. And then, uh, oh, it was crazy just to see how, how, how the, the networks were able to almost do this pick picking process and then how they would fill their schedules uh, on a yearly basis. And now ESPN basically owns the world. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. I think CBS is basically running out of time in the SEC. Yes. They may, they may have, uh, they may stick in there for, uh, what is it, another year, I think it is? They, they've got two more years. But the commissioner, years. the commissioner, I think, made it pretty clear that Everybody wants live football. So oh, CBS yeah. is going to find some somewhere. They will. Well, the Big Ten, I think they're going to try to put a foothold or toehold in there uh, with CBS, uh, you know, college uh, sports. They're, they've got another off station or a cable station that, that they'll do. And they were doing Navy games. Sometimes I jumped on there with Randy Cross and did a Navy game uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, all of a sudden the Big 12 feels like they've lost ground. Uh, with the loss of Oklahoma and Texas, but I think BYU still, I think ESPN has proven this, guys, right, that BYU has an audience far-reaching, and so that's why, you know, you got to applaud BYU and the athletic department to make this happen, and this only probably makes that property even a, a bit more valuable. 
So we're less than a month away, as crazy as it sounds, from at least preseason NBA hoop. The juice is starting to flow. I'm ready to go. Um, I can't believe it. I mean, it's um, it was four weeks from last what couple days ago. You know, you go into go to San Antonio on the fourth, and you play Dallas on the sixth. You come back, you get to see uh, Zion and uh, New Orleans, and then you finish up the pre excuse me the preseason with the world champion Bucks. That's not bad. That's pretty good preseason schedule. So. Um, then on the 20th, we play for real. It's amazing how quick. I was just telling uh, you know, Jake that this is uh, the time of year where you get you know, baseball playoffs starting to really heat up and, and the World Series just around the corner. And you got college football underway and you got the NBA rolling. I mean, this is, this is a good time of year. Uh, I can't believe how fast things go from the NBA Finals to the Olympics and out to another season. I feel like we've compacted three years of basketball in about a year and a half, which really kind of we have. You know, it's truncated season last year. This year they're going for 82, and we'll see if we can't get back on track. But, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. So the Jazz are going to have a fairly old roster, but then you see what the Lakers and Nets are doing. Like, well, maybe the Jazz aren't old enough. But when well, the, man, fut- every day, every when the day future is now, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, every day something's going on with the Nets and the Lakers with another, like, what, LaMarcus Aldridge comes out of retirement? Um you know, it's DeAndre Jordan. All these guys are loading up with uh, veteran minimum contracts for all of them to try to have one last chance to grab a ring uh, in the twilight of the career. So we'll see who stays healthy. But, no, this is the time for the Jazz. I think it's real obvious that, you know, they're over the luxury tax. Uh, Ryan Smith said from the get-go, you know, his eyes were on a championship. You know what Donovan and Rudy, uh, what their goals are, but also – you have to continue to build to prove to Donovan, especially you know at 25 now. I just had a birthday a few days ago. That this is this is real. This is the real deal. You don't have to make a jump anywhere else. Uh, you're, they want we want you staying here. We want you to be a Malone Stockton type of 19 year, 17 year vet and make it happen. And if you, as long as you prove that to players, because the fear now, as you guys know is players demanding trades. Harden, you know, made his point uh, and got got a deal done. Damian Lillard, to his credit, you know, talked about it, kind of pulled back on that and still, I think, wants to stay in Portland. But also he's asking, will you prove to me that you're willing to to go the distance and make it happen? And there's still talk that Ben Simmons is going to end up in Portland. I mean, at least that's what the so-called experts are betting on. So... But you know, who do you lose to get a Ben Simmons? And is is he coming west? Does he will he perform in a, in a restart? I don't know. But the clock is ticking. Something has to happen on that on that uh, deal uh, fairly quickly before uh, the you know camp's going to open before you know it. And open court is underway. Players are starting to trickle back in to start working out. And you know, here in Salt Lake City, so. Yeah, a lot of things are going to have to happen in the league in the next week or two uh, as things start to really uh, you know, focus in on preseason. Bowler, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you again. Good luck to uh, K-State in the new Big 12. Yeah, man, it'd be kind of fun to go to Provo. Road trip, PK, you drive the bus, okay? Easy, man. I will take you all the way. All right, <laughs> to and from and, and, and back again. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, can I just ask you, we didn't talk BYU-Utah. Who, who's picking who? Oh, we're picking Utah until BYU wins. I'm going with the winner.
Nice. Going with a winner. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bowler. We better we run. Got Talk to you. When we come back, Pablo Mastroni, RSL interim head coach, next. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Pablo Mastrani scheduled to join us here in a couple minutes. RSL's interim head coach. In the meantime, everything you missed in this show, you could hear it in Bowler's voice, PK. He is excited. A conference game for his K-State Wildcats in Provo. Well, I experienced that very same thing. All of a sudden, Arizona State is coming to Salt Lake City. That first year, it's not, you know, it's thr- not, thrill it's, is gone there to go BB King, but the first one is like, you got to be kidding me. I know. <laughs> this is a conference game in here, in this town? And I'd been in that town, this town for 25 years at that point, well, less than that, yeah, uh, but 15-ish. We've, we've been talking about this for 20 years. Yeah. It looks like it's finally here. It was awesome. It'll be awesome here, too, for the Cougars. I'm happy for BYU fans, most especially, because you know, it's all unscientific by a great margin, but everybody that I'm talking to is excited about it, and I'm happy for them. We'll wait for the official announcement. That seems like that's all that's left at this point. Tonight, we have NFL football. Excited for that. You ready for the Bucks oh, yeah. and the Cowboys? Most definitely. NBC tonight, 620. The Zone will have it on radio. If you're still in your car, make sure you dial in to 97.5 FM tonight for the Cowboys and the Bucks. The Bees game will be over on 1280 The Zone. It's Tom Brady and the Bucks prepare to try and go back to back. Awesome. It's the NFL. Even if it wasn't Tom Brady, it'd be somebody else. It's, right. It's awesome. It would, well, the NFL would make sure that it was an enormous game. <laughs> They're not going to run out some middle-of-the-road game. They're always going to put a game out there. And with Prescott, everybody's curious to see what you know what he's going to look like. And I, I read a thing sure. on Brady. He's now going to be the second-oldest quarterback uh, to throw passes in the NFL. George Blanda, on his 45th birthday, was still had 11 attempts in a game. But uh, Brady's probably had t- that in the first quarter. Brady's going to take that down. Man, this guy's a marvel. <laughs> this guy's just, he might be the greatest individual sports star ever. Oh, we're going to compare all the goats? Yeah. Different. Just, just, <laughs> so you put put Gretzky and Jordan out there, and who in baseball? Jeter, your guy. Your Jersey guy, by way of Michigan. Your Jersey guy going into the Hall of Fame. Nope. Babe Ruth. I mean, right. Willie Mays. I mean, baseball. Whoever you baseball's want. Baseball's got the, the yeah. got the history. It's incredible. But yeah, Brady, come on. DJ and PK. It's ninety seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Time to bring in Pablo Mastroni, the RSL interim head coach. Pablo, good morning. Morning, guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm curious, as the interim head coach, there have been a lot of things happening really quickly. What has been the biggest thing for you to adjust to on the fly in the middle of this season? Oh man, there's, there's, it's, it's, 
there's a lot, right? Um, having having to you know organize the way we want to do things. Do we want to keep things the same? Do we want to tweak them a little bit? Are there areas where we can improve on from a playing perspective? And then it's the the, the meetings with uh, upper management that you don't necessarily have to do with a, as an assistant coach. Um, and and then it's just the amount of pressure you put on yourself to make sure you get the the ship steering in the right direction. So. It's kind of all-encompassing, um, both on a personal level and professional level, um, but it's one that I'm familiar with. And, uh, you know, after after we got back from Vancouver, things settled down a little bit, and we got a bit in, in a bit of a routine, and um, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been quite comfortable since. Is that what it was in the first go-around, for lack of a better word, a shock to the player systems, and then it settled in, and then obviously the performance was much better? I didn't get that. Could you try again? Yeah, I think, you know, Again, I think there's so many variables that that went into that uh, that Vancouver situation. You know, I think we we, did, we didn't have Dami, we didn't have uh, Herrera, and I think those are both you know two of our emotional leaders. And then, given the the situation with what you know two days before, you know, Freddie addressed the group, and so there's a lot of people. I think when, when things like that happen, your world stops, right? And you think about. As a player, you think about my, you know, my future. Am I going to be at this club next year? Am I, you know, is this who is is does Pablo, you know, like me as a player? I mean, there's so many. Is this is this an audition for me? There's so many things going through their heads, um, and you know, it's it's hard to kind of explain, um, you know, how they're going to react. Some sometimes it's in a positive way, but I think in in this way it was there was a negative reaction because we, we had a good thing going and, and Freddie had done a good job with the group and, and there's a lot of trust be, there. And so all of a sudden he's gone and, and then there's a lot of question marks. Well, you bring up one thing with everybody worried about their future. It's very odd to go through a season without an owner. And it's happened a few times in different sports, so it's not unprecedented, but it's probably the first time anybody on this club has had to do it. And now it seemed to inject just a tremendous amount of doubt, whether you're a player, a coach, in the front office, because the person who ultimately gets the call the shots is maybe 60 days away from being here, and they aren't here. Right. Right. No, it's really interesting, you know. And, and you know, guys, when, when I have conversations with guys in the front office, we're all, we're all in the same boat, you know. And I talk to the players, and, and, you know, they were voicing their concerns about not knowing their contract situation going into next year, and, you know, we, my family is in a different country, and I got to know what's going on. And I said, everyone in this club is in the same situation. And I said, the the, the only way to navigate these tough times is to stay present and to, and to really focus on the next training session, the next game. And if you can really put all your attention in that, you're going to eventually get to the point where there's going to be an ownership group in here, and then decisions will be made. But between now and then, you know, I think that that that's that struggle to to find some sort of um, security. Um, in, in our careers is difficult, but again, I think that's another reason why it's 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 been really important for us to really stay as a group and stay you know connected and uh, really lean on each other in these re- really uh, unknown times. Been in this business a long time in the media, and I like to talk to coaches after they've had a few years under their belts, and maybe even the second time around, because they'll tell you some insightful stuff about what they didn't know, what they did know, how they can be better. Now, you have done this now as an interim coach, but you're still the head coach now. This is your second go-around as a head coach, and the first one you know, was several years ago on the other side of the mountain there in Colorado. 
how have you developed and evolved as a coach to put yourself in a better position to be able to communicate what you want and coach these guys? Oh man, I've 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 changed drastically. I've learned I've learned a lot, um, and, and you know, and they say experience hurts, and uh, it's kind of what I went through my first time. You know, I went from playing to coaching, and I quickly realized that even though I was a leader in the locker room, now my voice as a coach had a had a different um, a different ring to it to the players. Now I was the guy making decisions for their careers or their playing time. And I, and I had to learn that one real quick, you know, because I was, I was talking to them like a teammate in the locker room. Guys, come on, pull your heads out, let's go. And, and they were looking at me like, wow, that's, you know, that's a bit aggressive. And they, they didn't respond the way I expected. And, and then I realized it's because I, I was in a different chair. Um, so, so that part. The other part was, you know, when you're done playing soccer, you, you finish the game with the most, um, the most knowledge of the game. You're able to you're, – you're, your, com- your, your computer hardware is able to process things at amazing speeds. And so now you're a coach, and, and you, have to di- you have to break that knowledge down into digestible bits for these players because some of them are 18, some of them are just coming out of the academy, some, some may have never learned certain things, and here I am throwing all these big ideas, complex ideas at the players, and, and it was just I could see their eyes. They were like, what is this guy talking about? Um, and so I had to learn that part of it. How do, how, how do I break information down? And, and again, pedagogy, the, the, the art of, of, of teaching and, and breaking things down into, into those bits. Um, and then the other part, from a management perspective, I, I feel like as I got better uh, people, I feel like I'm a people person. I feel like I can communi- communicate well with people, although I had a really hard time with um, communicating upwards. And that was a real, real struggle for me. I felt like... I knew the game. This is this is the way I see it. If you don't like it, well, that's too bad because I've been in the game, <laughs> and I didn't know how to communicate to the people that may not have the same experience but have the same love and desire to grow a club. And so you put all those things together, and I can probably throw in about twenty or thirty more. <laughs> um, that it's it's really been a, a wonderful experience to, to 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 get fired, to go as an assistant in Houston, and now to come here as an assistant and and really keep learning. And I think this. This is the beauty of coaching is that it just never stops. And I'm going to look back five years from now and go, man, I was still a knucklehead. You know, so there's a lot of growth to be had. So on, on that subject, uh, you, you famously uh, got into it, and you weren't the only one. It was quite the crazy scene on Rice Stadium that night. But uh, you got into it with Dave Check. It's when you're coming here 15, minute, 15 years later, I mean, for someone like the two of us, it's been forever. It's like, yeah, it's the end of a game and you're fired up, so what? But I, I've been told that you had a certain amount of – Chagrin about that, probably don't even love me bringing it up now, but is there anything to get past with that, or did you wonder how fans were going to receive you or anything? Um, I, I thought about it for a little bit, you know, but, but I think, again, kind of, I think back at some of the things I did when I was, you know, a teenager, and I'm like, man, I, I can't believe you did that, you know? Um, but it wasn't that it was a wrong thing. It was just, that's where I was in my journey of life, in my journey in this game, and that's what that rivalry meant to me as a player, and that's how I carried myself. So it's 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 you know I, I I forgive myself for that behavior, but in the moment it was real, it was authentic, it wasn't something that I thought about. Man, when I'm older, I'm going to regret this moment. You know, yeah. it was like it was it was there, and so um, and if if nothing else, it was just uh, it was great to see a, a guy like Dave Checkets who was really passionate about his club that really 
you know, looked looked after it and was on the was on the ground there during that game and, and approached me afterwards and says, you know, that this behavior is, you know, unacceptable. And, and then, you know, we exchanged some words and, um, you know, and I, and I talk to Spence every now and again and, and we talk about it a little bit. But uh, I think at this point it's, it's, you know, water under the bridge and we move forward. But uh, definitely an experience that uh, I'll, I'll never forget and more than likely a lot of fans won't forget either. So you talk about some wild times as a teenager, Pablo. You ever do some crazy things like I did at that parking lot of Jack in the Box just up the street from 19th and Thunderbird? Because you may not know this, but right now you're talking to PK, who is also, much like you, a famous graduate of Thunderbird High in Phoenix, Arizona. No way. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that Jack in the Box. <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah. yes yeah, it is <laughs> when I looked up your bio I started laughing and thinking oh we have got to get this man on the show I'm a little older and you did some stuff at the football field there for the soccer team go down there right on Thunderbird Road a little bit on the baseball field at the hot corner yeah I won the gold glove my senior year as a Thunderbird wow. chief absolutely so you and I are brothers man Heck Thunderbird yeah. High yeah, I mean, we scored on and off the field at Thunderbird, that's for sure. <laughs> I've had similar experiences at BK. That, that school, yeah, that school's amazing, man. I go back and I, sometimes I go back and I run there and uh, when we go back for Christmas and and I take my son over there and we play, we throw some ball around or, you know, knock the ball and it just brings back all those, all those crazy memories back in the, the early 90s of, of you know, Thunderbird at, at that time. That's that's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, the racquetball courts there. Pablo, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> seriously, everything broke with Freddie during our show, and the commercial break, he looks you up, and he starts cackling, and he's telling you, you're never going to believe this. You are never going to believe this. I know he knows about the jack-in-the-box. <laughs> I think it's still there, by the way. It is still there. My wife grew up on 8th Avenue in Thunderbird, so we go back both of our families still live there. We go back quite often. I grew up uh, off of Greenway Road in 23rd. Where'd you go? Yeah, 7th Avenue and Greenway, right there across the street from Mountain Sky Middle School. Absolutely, my man. Yeah. My, my, my parents still live there, yeah. Oh, cool. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah, and my, one of my highlights of my life is when they finally opened up Moon Valley Country Club to the public, and I got to play it after lusting out all those years. Who had friends who lived in the Moon Valley area, and it was private. Yeah, no, that's I, I remember that was the only way I got on was my buddies would bring a guest, and I was the guest. <laughs> oh man! All right, Pablo. We know we know you got duties as interim head coach. You got to get to, so you better run. But uh, thanks for joining us for a few minutes. And PK really wanted to go down Thunderbird memory lane. He couldn't wait. We'll do it again. That's awesome, fellas. Great talking to you guys. Have All a great thank- day. Pablo Estroni right there, RSL's interim head coach, <laughs> the legendary Jack in the Box. <laughs> it was a hangout. They don't have it here. In San Diego when I was growing up, it was a big deal. It was. It was a big deal. They had great commercial campaigns, and they were they were the new cool burger. Who doesn't joint. remember Rodney Allen Rippey? As <laughs> a guy who married into a Southern California family. Right, Jack, Jack in the, the box. box. It's a, a big huge deal. deal. Yeah. I'm a little older than him, obviously, and my uh, Thunderbird was the first um, class that went there all four years. Mm-hmm. And now, in and around, it's 
there's a there's a couple little strip corner malls, but at the time shopping centers, I mean, but at the time from the school which was on 19th and the Jack in the Box was less than a quarter mile away. There was really nothing between the school and a Jack in the Box. They built a new school on the edge of town. They've done yeah, it, they've yeah, done yeah. it here on the Watts Head so a million times. Right. That that Jack in the Box was where it was at, <laughs> man. You hung, and you were bored. You went to the Jack in the Box cuz there was going to be kids hanging on, hanging out there. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew he would know it. He had to have known it. It's an icon, man. No, he knew it. He knew it. <laughs> and I has nothing to do with the uh, bonus jack. Although, if you got three hits in a game in the summer league, they get you bonus jack. I think I got it once. I hit a couple of bloops and probably a swinging bunt or something. The bonus jack. <laughs> I had not thought of a bonus jack in forever. Was that a double? Is that what it was? I don't remember. I don't remember threw it all together. But, I mean, Pablo and I, a couple of Thunderbird there Chiefs, is. man. All right, well. This is awesome. And I got I got a friend who I played ball with who now lives up here and he's listening right now. He's texting me like crazy. About it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doctor Justin Johnson joining us, Premier Wave Medical Doc. Good morning. Morning. I just have a quick thing to say. I'm up here golfing with my cousins, and Britton and Jeff told me to tell you that they're grateful they're not golfing with you guys up here. Oh. Well, I'm grateful they're not golfing. I've golfed with Britton, and you know, just watch out. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he still has those, you know, short clubs of his that aren't fitted, so. Right, and he's like eight <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. All right, Premier Wave, you've got, uh, Premier Wave Medical, you've got a new machine, and you think this is going to make a big difference for your clients. Yeah, it's been shown uh, by studies, 10 years worth of studies, by the way, be twice as effective as any other equipment out there on the market. It's a quantum leap in technology. It's like, like I said, going from a rotary phone to a smartphone, and it penetrates five times as deep, more than twice as effective, so it's just great, great technology. And because it's twice as effective, you've got a special deal for folks. Yep, so we feel it's so effective that if you've tried any other treatment modality and you just didn't get the results you want, come see us. We'll give you half off of our treatment. We're so confident that it's going to work. All right, there it is. And you can right now call Premier Wave at 385 385- 360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, or go online to premierwave.com. Doc, thanks for a few minutes, and tell uh, Britton and Jeff, you know, we'll see them one day. Okay, I'll tell them. All right. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For you fans, how much of a thrill is it to still be beating your rival after all these years? That's the question of the day, and we're getting a lot of feedback. Justin says, I don't know about a thrill, more of a feeling of utter satisfaction. <laughs> okay, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Responses to this are interesting, Justin says. The predominant response is relief. 
There's really only downside at this point for Utah. I'm all for the game being played because it's fun, it's tradition, but it's definitely become less fun and more just a relief once it's all over. I, I, I disagree with that. I, I, I think there is an upside. Continue to dominate. Son, why would you go there? And there's about to be an upside because they're about to be a Big 12 program. Oh, that's a whole new ball game. Yeah, right. absolutely. That'll take on when we get to that point. We're going to have to wait a couple of years, unfortunately. Although we'd probably have to wait anyway if it takes going BYU takes a while to get into the to the league. I, I don't know. I, I had been told there was a possibility of next season. I don't know that. I'm not I no reporting whatsoever. Uh, but I don't know. So I've read some stuff that for the American way. Athletic, the other three, essentially, mm-hmm. American Athletic teams, that it's, it's probably going to be 2023. Well, and they'll sense. have to negotiate yeah. it down a little bit, a few months, right. uh, to get there then. so. But I heard one line of thinking is, well, let's get ready, start to establish the relationships so you're three years into it instead of one year into it. I don't know. I want to emphasize I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, but either way, as far as BYU and Utah, we would have to wait because they're not scheduled to play for a couple years. But it's going to it's going to add another layer to a multi layered rivalry. That's sweet, just, it really bring is it on! Sweet. It is sweet. It's great. It, I think everybody will love it. The It'll only thing I hate about it, I hope there's enough levels that it gets moved to six o'clock on Fox or CBS or ABC, whoever's doing it. Then because the eight thirty goes through talking sports, and selfishly that <laughs> that ticks me off. It hurts our ratings, and I don't get to see a big chunk of the game. Yeah, but Fox will be gone by then. You'll be the weekday guy. You won't care. Jeez. <laughs> Come on, Sniggs. I got two texts Dream from big. Scott Gerard here. Two texts from Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> One, there's a Jack in the Box in Burley, Idaho. Nice. <laughs> so Scott's in on the Jack in the Box conversation. And number two, uh, he says... Uh, Please tease that tomorrow at 8.30, you'll be giving away BYU-Utah tickets. How about that? You want tickets to the game in Provo? We'll be giving them away tomorrow. Sweet. Utes and the Cougars. Tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning. That'll give you 36 hours, exactly, to get ready for kickoff for that game. Cinny tweets at us, Jazz Dodger Ute gal. Uh, How much of a thrill is it to still beat your rival? And she says, oh, I can't wait to beat Colorado this year comedy. All right, time to bring in Dr. Justin Johnson, who's already notified us that he's golfing with his cousins, uh, Jeff and Britton. Are, are you oh, red like them? The four-putt Johnson brothers? Or are you yeah, blue? I know them. No, I'm red through and through. My whole family, you probably know one of my other brothers. He goes by Mighty Alaskan Ute. Oh, that's one of your brothers. <laughs> that is. I don't know him, but I know the handle. He tweets at us quite a bit, absolutely. Yes, he does. All right, Justin, you've got uh, you've got a new FDA approved machine, and uh, you're happy that this has finally cleared the uh, bureaucratic red tape and is ready to go. Yeah, the FDA approval process is very lengthy, and there's a lot of vetting they have to do, and this took ten years to get through. But the nice thing is, it's now FDA approved specifically for erectile dysfunction. The other machines, well, FDA approved, not they're not approved for ED, so it's an off-label treatment. But the nice thing is, not only is it FDA approved, it's been shown to be twice as effective as the other machines. And so what does that mean for a patient? So that means that you need less treatment to get better results. You don't need as much energy. You get more blood vessel regrowth, more plaque built breakup, just a whole host of good things for it. And not only that, it's actually FDA approved for women's intimacy as well. So you've got a special offer for people now. Yep, so we feel so confident in 
how well it works that will take anybody who's had a treatment before and has not gotten the results they'd like that they can come see us and we'll give them half off all of their treatments. You can get hold of Premier Wave Medical online at premierwave.com or you can call them 385-360-WAVE. 385-360-WAVE or online at premierwave.com. All right, Doc, thanks a lot. Hit them straight. Yeah, thanks, gentlemen. You have a very nice day. Take care. Scotty and Hans are coming up next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.